0: everybody. Welcome to another wonderful episode of Frighternity. I'm your little brother Danny and I'm here with my big brother Sean. How's everybody doing tonight? Now Sean I'm very excited about this week's episode because alligators are one of my favorite animals. Definitely my favorite reptile. Uh, Maybe I'm biased because you know I grew up in Louisiana and we saw alligators all the time but I still, you know, I loved Donkey Kong Country, and I loved the Kremlings. I loved <laughs> K. Rule. <Rool. laughs> they were always one of my favorite villains. And I don't know, I just really love alligators. So without further ado, this week's episode, we're going to be covering Alligator from the
1: year 1980, starring Robert Forster. We sure are. And you know, Danny, you're in luck because you love alligators so much. Alligators or crocodiles are not in short supply within the genre. Yeah,
0: that that much I can see. So uh, <laughs> we've got plenty to get through,
1: but we're starting here. Yep, a nature run amok film by the director of Cujo, Danny. And I think Cujo was one of the funner movies we did last year.
0: Definitely. Good episode. Go check it out if you haven't heard it.
1: So I actually picked up Alligator and its sequel, Alligator 2, The Mutation, earlier this year. I can't recall ever owning either of these movies, and I wasn't even sure if I had seen them or not. My real motivation stemmed from the fact that I've been searching for a scene from a killer alligator movie for the better part of 30 years. I knew the movie had to be from the 80s, if not the early 90s, Like I said, there's plenty of killer alligator or crocodile movies out there, but the amount from that time period is a bit limited. So I was pretty sure that one of these movies had to contain the scene I was looking for. And I figured, what better way for me to find the scene than during one of our episodes? Also, if I went through these movies and I didn't find the scene... I figured I could put out an APB to our wonderful audience here, and surely someone could help me figure this out. Well, I watched Alligator, and I had absolutely no memory of ever watching this movie, and just when I started to lose hope, and tune out a little bit if I'm being honest on my first watch through, there it was. The scene I had been looking for. My search? Had finally come to an end. And it was definitely worth it to see this moment again. <laughs> I half thought I might have made this up or was misremembering, you know.
0: I can definitely relate to trying to find some sort of media that you're just sure exists, whether it be a song or a scene from a movie you haven't seen in 10, 20 years.
1: It's probably one of the most frustrating things that uh humans can go through. <laughs> definitely. And sorry, Danny, but I'm not going to tell you what scene it is just yet. I think (laughs) it's better we wait till we get there. When I told you about this on the phone, I asked if you had any scenes you thought it might be. Have you thought about that anymore? Because at the time you said you didn't.
0: (laughs) Um, well, through context clues, you say you were losing hope. So it's got to be, I'm thinking, in the second half, the back end of the film. But... I don't know it's still it, it could be anything because your one clue was an alligator it was an alligator film so I'm trying to think I have a guess but I don't really have anything to go off of I uh, just it's my guess
1: <laughs> all right well enough about that scene <laughs>
0: we'll get to it
1: <laughs> yeah we'll get to it but let's talk a little bit more about the rest of the movie before we really dive into it, because I got to be honest, the first time I watched this, it was a bit of a chore for me. But <laughs> up, upon multiple viewings, I kind of came around to it. I think there's a lot to like, because who doesn't love the oversized alligator terrorizing the city of Chicago storyline? <laughs> I also like a good nature run amuck creature feature. But that subgenre also comes with a certain set of problems, and I read that this movie is satire, but I wasn't picking up on that a lot. What about you? No, I don't sense any satire
0: from this film, really, at all.
1: Yeah, the only satire I picked up on is a few connections I'll make to Jaws, but... Even so, it's very pointed and direct satire, and if you're looking for it, I think it's easily missed. Yeah, well, my
0: thoughts were, I mean, a movie like this would be made in response to the explosive popularity of Jaws, right? Yeah, reasonable assumption. It does enough different where I don't think it has any similarities outside of, yeah, a creature, a muck, and... Ruining the lives of people.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And regardless of if it's satire or not. I just feel it still manages to squeeze in the good and the bad of this type of movie. Because you're always going to get that bloated ensemble cast of characters. Lots of inconsequential meandering side plots to pad the runtime. Until we actually get to the giant alligator sized bits of action. So... I guess the question really is, does the good outweigh the bad? So why don't we dive right in and find out? But before that, I just wanted to say
0: you can follow us on Twitter. It's the number one spot to keep up to date with everything Fraternity is doing. We post all sorts of stuff and you can go over there, add us, DM us, like our tweets, retweet us, anything you like. We love to interact with you. We have an email. Fraternity at gmail.com. That's Fraternity at gmail.com. Shoot us a question, comment, anything at all. We'd love to hear from you. And if you like what you hear, if you're enjoying the show, give us a rating on the podcast platform of your choice. We'd really appreciate it. So what
1: we have here, Danny, is a movie based on a century-old urban legend about alligators in the sewers. And we start things off with a nice prologue where a girl and her parents visit an alligator wrestling roadside attraction, where they witness one of the alligator wrestlers just get mangled. Yeah, he gets his leg all torn up. It's real, mama. (laughs) (laughs) Next thing you know, though, the girl buys a baby alligator, who she names Ramon, but not long after returning home to Chicago. Her ordinary father decides to flush Ramon down the toilet, and so it begins. I like how enraged
0: her father is, just like, this damn alligator, I- I'm so sick of
1: it. It's like, why is he so mad? <laughs> <laughs> Twelve years later, there's sewer workers going missing and body parts popping up throughout the system. And it's gonna be up to Detective David Madison. To figure out just what's going on beneath the city streets. David Madison, played by Robert Forster, who is forced to suffer through an unbearable amount of male pattern baldness jokes throughout the length of this movie. (laughs) Well, I know that you were really excited to watch this because you like Robert Forster. So did he deliver for you? Yeah, I think he's
0: a great lead. I really like, you know, he plays the role... So dry, <laughs> but there are little bits of emotion here and there that I think really make uh, the role shine. And I think, uh, yeah, he's really good in this film.
1: And you know, what hair Detective Madison lacks on his head is made up for by the overabundance of hair on the eyebrows of the police chief. <laughs>
0: Who sounds like he's about to have a heart attack at any given moment, the way he's stressing
1: out and screaming. Look, I'm jealous, dude. I wish I had eyebrows that were capable of that kind of growth. Because it's a sight to behold. No, I'm with you. Those
0: would be uh, great showpieces for your face.
1: (laughs) I wish I had to comb my eyebrows. (laughs) That seems like a worthwhile task. Now, one peculiar Now, one peculiar thing that happens at one of these crime scenes is, apart from the human remains, there have been dog carcasses recovered in the sewers, and this woman arrives to identify her dog, and she informs the detective that while it looks exactly like her dog, it's too big. And of course, this is one of the numerous half-baked side plots that you tend to find in these nature run amuck B-movies. That of the bad science that inadvertently contributes to, well, in this case, a giant alligator in the sewers of Chicago. Right, there's always that
0: side plot of the evil scientists running experiments and uh, causing something bad to happen to the city because of their experiments. Yeah, we really don't go much into it. It's there for a couple scenes and then pretty much forgotten about. But, you know, I didn't really need any more. I thought it was fine in the background. This film could have ended up a lot more muddy and meandering, but it doesn't. So I appreciate that. It's just kind of to the side, honestly.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think it's uh, meandering and muddy enough, (laughs) if you ask me. (laughs) Yeah, we learned that a pet store owner named Gutchel that we met in the first scene with detective Madison is actually kidnapping dogs for Slade Pharmaceuticals. He quickly gets the scumbag of the movie award as we watch him take the spent carcasses to the sewers to dispose of them. And there's this real nasty bit with him just tossing these dead dogs into the sewer. Yeah, and one of them misses and makes a nice thud
0: right next to the water. And Gutchel has to climb the ladder down there
1: to Kick it in. Yeah, that's brutal. And we see that his activity has aroused the interest of none other than Ramon, Danny.
0: (laughs) Ramon is alive, and he's a lot bigger than the last time we saw him.
1: Now, Gutschel is a character that we already know just has to die, right? Oh yeah, he's screaming jobber red
0: shirt all over.
1: (laughs) Unfortunately, his kill is off-screen. We do get some nice POV alligator stalking shots to a very jaws-inspired bit of music before seeing <laughs> Gutchel's severed leg floating in the water before being recovered by Madison and his crew. I have to say though, solid first 15 minutes of this movie. But it's at this point where they start to cram too much plot into the story. They set Slade Pharma up as the shadowy organization pulling all of the strings, and it's just terribly uninspired. Like you said, at least it's not pushed to the forefront as much as it could have been.
0: It never gets in the way of me enjoying the film because it never takes up too much time to where I I personally start the tune out. I think there's enough going on in this film, enough good stuff that it definitely outweighs the bad. and. Watching this film, honestly, it reminded me a lot of Chud, and it reminded me why Chud was such a mess, because there is so much going on. like Chud just goes on for way too long, there's too many threads, and by the end of it, it just doesn't culminate into a cohesive and entertaining story, where I think this, like the A-plot, is plenty good and
1: entertaining. Right on. Good comparison. I had similar thoughts and head to head, I think I would definitely take Alligator over Chud. We also get that press conference with Detective Madison where we're given information regarding his tragic past and the death of a partner. And all that scene really does is introduce a reporter character that in this type of movie he's a character that you're not sure if they're going to be an ally or a hindrance. But we're going to find out a bit later what he is, which is he's just alligator fodder. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, Detective Madison gets a young rookie cop to venture down into the sewers with him to take a look around. So we spend the rest of the first 30 minutes of the movie down in the sewers. And it's funny that we've already mentioned Chud because we covered Chud earlier this year. And while neither of us obviously thought that was the greatest movie, I do think we both enjoyed the setting. And here again, I just have to say that it's just an awful lot of fun when a film takes place in some gritty, nasty sewers. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Chud
0: has a lot going for it and a lot of cool ideas. And yeah, the sewers under the city being all grimy and what lies beneath is always going to be fun to explore. And They both do it well here, Uh, especially Chud with, you know, you got the vagrants and all that going on, but here it's more isolating. It's a little more creepy and scary, and you've got this big, gigantic alligator looming in the darkness in the shadows of the sewer, which I think makes it really great. You get some really good shots of the alligator just a ways away from our characters.
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, we get some good tension when the two officers get separated. And we even get this nice fake scare, but it just ends in a bit of playful grab ass. (laughs) And then then as the two try to find their way out of the sewers, the rookie ends up walking right into Ramon. And this is one big fucking alligator, right? And it's smiling right at him. Yeah, it's our first...
0: Little tease at just the scale of this gator, <laughs> and Kelly is just putting off rounds into the gator's mouth, and it ain't doing nothing, <laughs> and it just whacks him with the tail. And there, and then Madison and Kelly are like, Oh shit, like let's go! <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, they find their way up a manhole ladder, but Detective Madison can't get the manhole to open up, and unfortunately for this rookie, that leaves him exposed. And Ramon gets a hold of his legs and bites down, and Madison desperately attempts to hold on to him before we witness him get pulled down and just pulled away. He disappears into the sewers in the jaws of a monster, and Detective Madison's reputation for losing partners just got a little bit worse, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I when Kelly gets pulled by
0: the gator, you just see emotion in madison's face like no not again you know we're building this plot about him having lost his partner before and really what happens to kelly here is going to fuel him to really want to find this alligator and put an end to it
1: yeah i love how he tries his best to grip on to kelly but there's no fighting that inertia right (laughs) (laughs) detective madison wakes up in a hospital and learns that he somehow managed to escape through the manhole while ranting and raving about a giant alligator in the sewer. And he winds up getting sidelined after a meeting with a reptile expert named Marissa Kendall. And that meeting goes nowhere. But at the same time, that ball-busting reporter ventures down into the sewers on his own. And we learn here that while he doesn't become an ally, his foolish act does help Detective Madison because he winds up getting attacked and killed by Ramon but not before snapping photographs of the alligator during his own attack. Photographs (laughs) that the police are able to salvage and prove there is indeed one big-ass alligator in sewers.
0: Yeah, I love that bit. He's just getting eaten by this gator, but he's still taking the pictures.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I thought this was a pretty good second alligator attack. As these things tend to go, we still aren't getting a great look at Ramon. But they do a great job using the camera flash during the attack to give us some really good still images of him. We're a little bit off of seeing
0: Ramon in his full glory, but yeah, these past two kills have been really creative in showing the scale of Ramon and being entertaining, you know. the Again, I have to compare it to Chud, where Chud just feels like it goes way too long without something interesting happening. <laughs> And here, like, we're a good 30, 35 minutes into the film, and I think the it's been plenty entertaining. We're almost halfway there.
1: So a giant alligator in the sewers is front page news. And you know what that means, don't you, Danny? It's alligator palooza. But eventually, this is going to turn into alligator stock 99. <laughs> Shit <laughs> is going to hit the fan. Again, another another thing I appreciate, too, is that
0: The city knows about the alligator by the halfway point of the film. We're not waiting until the very end of the film to really amp up the stakes and get things moving, get the plot going.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we do kill a little bit of time here where the cops formulate a plan to send a bunch of squads down to flush Ramon out in a certain direction. And Madison runs the show while Mrs. Kendall arrives to apologize for not believing him and she offers any assistance that she can. We also learn that she was the little girl who bought Ramon at the beginning of the movie. Not very surprising. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> necessary? Not sure. But of course she is, right? <laughs> yeah, of course.
0: It all works out.
1: <laughs> Somehow, though, Ramon evades capture. And it's not long before a group of kids playing baseball in the street witness the alligator bursting up through the sidewalk and emerging from the sewers below definitely a kaiju worthy moment here when he just obliterates the sidewalk
0: yeah i love this scene just finally getting to see ramon in his full glory on the streets walking around causing
1: terror (laughs) yeah i really love the bits of forced perspective where they put ramon's head in the frame as he's stalking about to give that scale
0: Yeah, I love that shot, too, where it's like from up in an apartment building and you just see Ramon crawling down the
1: street. Yeah, good miniature work, good forced perspective photography. They really do an admirable job.
0: Yeah, and then he tears up this police officer who just crashed and caused an awesome 80s car explosion.
1: Yeah, with rollover, Danny. So I was definitely enjoying that. (laughs) so gotta give props to the awesome 80s car
0: explosion (laughs) in this alligator movie
1: (laughs) well this poor cop had to choose between staying in the exploding 80s car or getting your leg chomped off by an alligator and i think i'd just give up my leg if that were the choice
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah for some reason ramon didn't finish the job as far as we know
1: (laughs) yeah and that's our first bit of many miniature action horror set pieces that line the back half of the movie. And I will say, they do do a good job of giving us vehicular stunts and carnage to go along with the alligator attacks, so two thumbs up from me. There's an appropriate sense of mayhem going on. (laughs) The next day, Gator Mania continues as they track Ramon to this pond, and they attempt to rouse him with depth charges. And of course, this is the point in the movie where the crooked mayor introduces the big game hunter that he wants to take charge of the situation. Right from the start, I did not like this character.
0: But there was <laughs> okay. Some- so I wanted to talk about this guy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let's hear it.
0: I was going to ask, like, what what were your what was your opinion on this dude once he's introduced? Colonel Brock is his name.
1: Yeah, Colonel Brock. Oh, just. Total scummy douche. (laughs) Why? What
0: about you? Well yeah, I was like, I don't like this guy. I don't know if he fits the film because he is like really goofy almost to the point where it's ridiculous. But then I really started to enjoy every scene that he was in. (laughs) And I was like, you know what? This guy's great. This is such a it's a fun turn that ultimately doesn't really have any consequences on the plot but it's fun nonetheless you know
1: <laughs> you know what you're right i do hate the character but it's a character you kind of love to hate especially when we get to some of his better scenes
0: it definitely starts off like oh man what is going on here <laughs> especially when he's getting interviewed and he's making the crocodile noises to the to the newswoman and it's like oh man this is so cringe <laughs>
1: And he's just a sexist pig. He's like, you're very pretty for a news reporter. Or he tells Kendall, like, you can go back to your books now.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, like total asshole. But yeah, you just love to watch this douchebag. (laughs) And you just you're waiting for him to just get mauled by an alligator, too. You're just hoping it's like, come on, like, come on, Ramon.
1: (laughs) Now, I hate to get sidetracked, but I have to say. When I first saw him, I knew there was something about this guy that I recognized. (laughs) And as you know, one of my all-time favorite classic childhood movies is none other than Dick Tracy. We actually watched it together a couple Christmas vacations ago, and you also took a pretty strong liking to that movie. Oh,
0: that movie is amazing. I love that movie. (laughs) It's... uh... One of the best comic book films ever made. I'll say
1: it right now. Damn right it is. Now, one of the things I love when going through some of these old horror movies is spotting one of the many great character actors who portrayed a Dick Tracy villain <laughs> springing up from time to time. Whether it's William Forsyth, who played Flat Top, starring in Savage Dawn, across from Lance Henriksen. Or good old prune face himself, R.G. Armstrong, threatening Clint Howard in Evil Speak. And here, as Colonel Brock, is Henry Silva, who played Influence. So for any shortcomings or knocks that I may want to give his character or this movie, I definitely enjoyed getting to see another actor behind one of my favorite comic book movie villains on the screen.
0: I didn't recognize him, but then you told me because you were like, Hey, there's someone in here that was in Dick Tracy. Keep an eye out. I was like, Okay. And I was like, Yeah, I didn't recognize anyone. And then you told me who it was. And I looked up who he played in Dick Tracy. I was like, Oh, like it. I totally see it now. <laughs> like it's so funny.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's just great seeing him in this super cheesy, crude role. Doing the alligator noises while flirting with the female reporter is definitely worth the price of admission, but we're going to get a whole lot more from him before the credits roll for sure. I think he over delivers when the time comes.
0: Yeah, he uh, adds a level of absurdity to the film, which I wasn't too sure of at first, but I ended up really enjoying So maybe this is the satire they're talking about. I don't know. It's a little late in the film to (laughs) to do it,
1: but just shift gears like that on us. (laughs) Either way, uh, Colonel Brock, I'm a fan. (laughs) I think the main problem with the introduction of Colonel Brock is it's also around this point, just shy of the one hour mark where I do start to have issues with the movie because Madison and Kendall, for all intents and purposes, put the pieces of the puzzle together in regards to incriminating Slade Pharmaceuticals as the guilty party. But of course the crooked mayor gets the chief to sideline Madison. I guess heavy is the head adorned with those eyebrows after all. But it just seems like an inopportune time to pull this card. They're even going to expand upon a romance forming between Madison and Kendall, and I think it just throws off the pacing of the film. Basically, the arc of our protagonist slows to a crawl in the third act. It's a very weird decision. I suppose it isn't a total deal breaker because we are still going to get some awesome set pieces. But I just find it really strange to take him kind of out of the A plot at this point.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree.
1: Yeah, the movie does
0: get a little bit unfocused here. And we do focus a lot on the love story between Madison and Kendall, and it's not bad. Is it believable? Maybe, I guess. I don't know. Does it make sense? Maybe. But it's nothing spectacular, and yeah, I feel like we were just trying to pad a little bit of time here to get to the explosive ending. (laughs) But yeah, you're right. Like We do get plenty of cool set pieces regardless, so that's why I say like The film has a lot of missteps, but it never feels completely dragged down to me. It still overall is a very solid movie, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, like I mentioned earlier, I definitely didn't mind the faults I found in the movie as much after repeated viewings. But I definitely wasn't feeling this movie during my first viewing. But then it happened, Danny. (laughs) The scene that seared its way into my memory finally arrived. And the decades-long hunt was over. (laughs) It's coming up, huh? If you didn't guess already, the one and only scene I had any memory of from this movie is none other than its Alex Kintner moment. The kid in the swimming pool.
0: (laughs) Okay, that was my guess. Because it's, (laughs) it's not connected to anything or related to anything in the plot. So I was like, that's what makes a scene hard to find is when it's just standalone like that and you have one thing to really go off of like okay alligator birthday party (laughs) but then yeah that could be in any alligator movie from the 80s
1: (laughs) yeah my memory of this scene was that of some kids making another kid walk a diving board like a plank and unbeknownst to them the alligator is in the pool and this poor kid gets shoved in and gobbled up Obviously, my memory wasn't perfect. For some reason, I thought it was an above-ground pool. I also (laughs) had memory of the kids being dressed as pirates, but I had this strange feeling like I was getting details mixed up. There's a kid in Halloween 2 who arrives at the hospital, having bit into a piece of candy with a razor blade in it, and he's dressed as a pirate. And I had this feeling like I was conflating that kid with something else entirely, but apparently I wasn't. So these kids make this other kid walk out on this diving board and we get this great bit where he peeks out from beneath the blindfold and we get a great shot of Ramon in the swimming pool and the kid screams in terror, but it's too late as the other kids shove him in and we see him get eaten whole basically and the other kids look on in horror as we see the pool water become stained red with blood. This is a brutal... If not darkly humorous, bit of alligator carnage.
0: Yeah, it's fucked up. This kid gets eaten whole. You just. I love <laughs> <Mom>! that you. <laughs> and you see him just in Ramon's mouth, and it's just depressing. It's like, oh my God, they just killed that kid. <laughs> and then, like, you gotta imagine the emotional weight on those two kids that put him in the water, who pushed him in. <laughs>
1: Oh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> Either way, I was really glad to have finally found this bit. And I think it's easy to see how, of all the sequences in this movie, this is the one that would stick in a kid's memory. It was taboo for sure, still, at this point, to off a kid. Especially like this. And even in a Nature run a creature feature in 1980, that was pretty boundary-pushing, To have these two kids accidentally kill this other kid.
0: Yeah, it's very dark, but at the same time, it's pretty damn humorous, too. (laughs) Oh,
1: we're going to hell. (laughs) I like to think of this as the unofficial start of the third act, Carnage, with a capital C. Because this is where Alligator Maggedon truly begins. Because you know where we're headed next, right, Danny? Booger Alley. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now, when we aren't getting bogged down with Madison and Kendall getting fresh, and I do love the bit when she's combing her fingers through his balding hair, and he's like, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) So up next, we get this great scene with Colonel Brock getting up close and personal with Ramon in the aptly named Booger Alley. Now, I'm not sure how this alligator is getting around town. But who cares about <laughs> logistics when you get to see Colonel Brock get eaten as brutally as he does here, right? Oh yeah, I love it. I just love him like
0: flailing around in Ramon's mouth. And he's like, pull me out! Pull me out. <laughs> <laughs> Ramon is just like slowly swallowing Colonel Brock, and he's just going deeper and deeper into his mouth. And it's just great. It's a slow and painful death for an asshole character.
1: I guess I can't agree with this movie being a satire because for as much as the kid in the pool is this movie's Alex Kintner moment, this bit with Brock is definitely the movie's Quint moment, you know? But yeah, I love the gulping of Brock. <laughs> like He's just <laughs> shoveling him further and further down. Oh, man. You gotta love Ramon was
0: just hiding and trash pile in an alley
1: (laughs) that was the other thing I was like okay first of all how did Ramon get in this alley from the pool (laughs) without ever being spotted and secondly why were people dumping their trash on him
0: like you said the logistics don't really matter Ramon's got a case of the Michael Myers teleportation here
1: (laughs) Ramon is also as big or as small as the scene requires (laughs) yeah but it doesn't take you out of the movie i mean you're like okay this is getting a little weird like sometimes he's he's a kaiju sometimes he's not very big at all sometimes he's just a normal
0: alligator you know he couldn't have like that pool couldn't have been that big right but then in the alley he's like this gigantic creature (laughs) like twice the size of brock It's like, okay, I mean, whatever.
1: (laughs) That's that's a dedicated worker. He was like, whatever y'all need for the scene, I can do. (laughs) (laughs) So with all that, we've got about 15 minutes to go. And after learning of Brock's death, our main character and his new girlfriend decide to rejoin the main plot. They decide to make an attempt to head off Ramon, assuming he'll be heading back to his lair. And at the same time, some unit spots the alligator in a canal. And we get this pretty epic attack sequence with multiple boats and lots of silly but fun carnage. We even get one boat launching off of Ramon's tail like a ramp, causing a bunch of the occupants to fly out as the driver runs the boat aground before it explodes. So now we have epic (laughs) exploding 80s boats, Danny.
0: You're right, yeah. They had like a hundred (laughs) grenades in the boat and they just happened to go off as this After this boat launched off of Ramon's tail. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's fun. It's fun and hilarious. There's a lot of humor in this film, but as much as it can get bogged down here in the second half, there's also plenty of awesome set pieces that really keep you into it.
1: Yeah. And of course, now we have people in the water. So we get the opportunity to pad the body count as well as the lost limb totals. You know, sometimes he eats you whole, sometimes he just wants a leg, I don't understand. Yeah, some he just wants a snack,
0: you know, you don't really <laughs> want, he's gonna get bloated. <laughs>
1: <laughs> After the canal carnage, we come to what is arguably the alligator attack centerpiece of the movie, the Slade Mansion Massacre, because the alligator just so happens to head straight for the mansion of the owner of Slade Pharmaceuticals. And naturally, there's a wedding taking place there, and the corrupt mayor is present as well. And the festivities kick off with the devouring of a maid, and it sends the guests scrambling. The maid gets it pretty good here, too. Pretty gory, as she's being thrust about. Yeah,
0: she's all bloodied up.
1: I love how all these people start getting tail whipped and just tossed all over the place. They're flying through the air. One dude literally backflips into the Wedding cake
0: <laughs> one thing I love about this scene is that they really spare no expense with the stunt actors because they are going fucking crazy. <laughs> they're flying through the cake, they're flying through tables, they're doing back flips, front flips, you name it, they're going through it
1: <laughs> <laughs> did you did you happen to notice the stunt man? he gets tossed into the swimming pool and his head misses the edge by less than an inch.
0: Oh, that's, was, that's brutal.
1: <laughs> it was a close that's call. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, that dude almost cracked his skull wide open. Oof. Now, as we already said, the whole Slade pharmaceutical thing is really in the background. But these are the human villains in the story. And they're all going to get theirs here. As we see the scientist getting eaten by the alligator at his own wedding. But the best part. Is when the old man locks the mare out of the limo and watches him get wrecked by Ramon. (laughs) His only problem, though, was assuming that being in a vehicle was safe. Because we get to watch Ramon ravage and obliterate this limo with absolute fury. Yeah,
0: Ramon is slamming his tail relentlessly on this car and just crushing everybody inside. You know, Ramon is pretty brutal. This just proves that he isn't just about survival. He enjoys killing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It is impressive that he crushes that limo down so small that he actually kills the occupants. I was impressed. And with all that destruction behind us, there's really only one thing left to do. Wrap up the movie. Madison and Kendall find that Ramon went to a storm drain. And he's found his way back into the sewer. So that's where Detective Madison goes. And Madison does battle with Ramon, leading him on in order to blow him up while escaping at this specific manhole he's told Kendall to meet him at. And it's all a bit rushed at this point, but we do get a memorable shot of Ramon stalking about in the sewers. I really love that image of him walking. And then, of course, we get the drama of an elderly woman being parked on top of the manhole as Madison desperately attempts to escape. And Kendall manages to get this dingbat to move her vehicle just in time for Madison to get to the surface. Dude, Kendall, Kendall should have knocked that old woman out. I, I would have <laughs> been like,
0: you need to get out of this fucking car now, lady.
1: <laughs> we see Madison get to the surface, and this explosion just rips through Ramon's head splattering his gator cranium all over the sewers. (laughs) They also blow up and flip one more car for good measure. (laughs) Yeah. Like, blow another car up. (laughs) We've got the charges. (laughs) Let's do it. And with that, Danny, the day is saved. But lastly, we see a shot of the sewers and another baby alligator falls out of a pipe. And that's the end of our movie. So give it to me, Danny. What are your final thoughts on Alligator?
0: I think the best word to describe Alligator is solid. It's a totally solid movie. It's not perfect. It definitely isn't bad at all. It's got plenty of good performances. It's got plenty of good set pieces with the alligator running amok this city and causing havoc in pools. In alleyways, in lakes, at a wedding, you name it, this alligator is going crazy. It may have some dull moments in the film, but it's never enough to drag it down. So like I said, you'll enjoy this film. I'd have a hard time believing that anyone who watches this film would come out the other end not enjoying it. It's totally solid filmmaking here, and I enjoy it.
1: Awesome. Well said. I agree. You know, as much as I didn't like it the first time I watched it, I think I just had to overly analyze it. But once I got into multiple viewings where I could just turn my brain off and enjoy it more, I definitely we've reached the same conclusion about it for sure.
0: <laughs> right on. Totally. So, go watch Alligator. It's it's fun.
1: All right, man. Well, before we get out of here, did you find a favorite kill?
0: Well, my favorite kill should come as no surprise, as it's Colonel Brock getting eaten by Ramon in the alley.
1: (laughs) How can it not be Brock? It's mine, too. (laughs) I mean, the thing I love about
0: Ramon in this film is when they really use the Force perspective and scale to their advantage and make him really seem, like you said, like kaiju size. (laughs) And it isn't done any better than it is here with Ramon just gobbling Colonel Brock. And really, I love that shot where Colonel Brock is just fucking wiggling in Ramon's arms like, get me out, get me out, (laughs) you know, (laughs) clamoring for dear life. And Ramon is just swallowing him whole. (laughs) So it's. A great end to a hilarious, assholeish character.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, when I started to ponder my favorite kill and favorite scene, I felt that my picks would be obvious or expected. Not to say there's anything wrong with that. I mean, favorite kill and favorite scene are subjective after all. But I do feel like this movie has kills and moments that stand out a bit more than all of the rest. And to me, the kill is most definitely Brock. Just the way he's getting thrust deeper and deeper into Ramon's throat. Not to mention when he's laying in its jaws. It's almost it almost looks like an old school Harryhausen effect there when he's getting tossed about. <laughs> he's getting crushed all the while having to bear the taste of cheap liquor in his own mouth. What a way to go. <laughs> It looked like he was drinking straight piss out of that bottle, Danny. (laughs) (laughs) Well, don't leave me in suspense. How about a favorite scene? Well, favorite
0: scene for me is going to be when Ramon emerges from the sewers onto that busy city street.
1: Great choice. Great choice.
0: Yeah, again, I love the sense of scale in the scenes where Ramon is... Terrorizing the city. This is our first good look in the film where we really see how gigantic Ramon is. And it's just used to such a great effect as he is just crumbling the street from above him. (laughs) You know, he's tearing up that police officer, and we get those great over the shoulder shots of Ramon just stalking. And Yeah, it's great. I mean, I love alligators, like I said, so (laughs) I love him emerging here and just causing havoc in this city.
1: That's a surprising but excellent choice. Well done. So, Sean, what about you?
0: Favorite scene in Alligator?
1: For me, all of the scenes with the alligator are a close second to any scene featuring the chief and his eyebrows. Seriously, Danny, <laughs> we haven't seen eyebrows this glorious since Alexandra in Don't Panic. I think we have to start a horror movie eyebrow hall of fame. What do you think?
0: Hell yeah, I'm down for it. Uh, Yeah, The Chief. Man, that's tough. I think that The Chief would have to be number one. You know, Alexandra coming in at a close second, in my opinion.
1: <laughs> yeah, hers could be engulfed by his so i think you're i think you're spot
0: on you can't understate the importance of the unibrow though on alexandra because i mean imagine if the chief had a unibrow and that massive bush i mean it'd be too powerful
1: i don't think he'd be able to focus on anything else in the movie (laughs) (laughs) in all seriousness though How can I not choose the scene that has stuck with me since childhood? (laughs) I sort of have to pick the only scene that I remembered from this movie, don't I? Well, I don't, actually. And in all honesty, it's a coin flip with the wedding crashing car smashing alligator bit. But at the end of the day, I'm going with the taboo of the death of a child. And why don't we expand on it a little bit? And can we talk about the trauma for the other kids? I mean, they didn't know. Well, my first question is,
0: the kid that died, was it his birthday party or was he like an attendee? Because if those kids have to explain to that kid's parents that they just killed him, (laughs) that's kind (laughs) of fucked up.
1: Yeah, it's not really
0: clear, is it? But I guess that one kid was screaming out for mom, so I guess it wasn't. I guess it was just some party goer like they took this little <laughs> this kid and were like, "Hey, we're going to make you walk the plank, bitch." <laughs>
1: <laughs> or maybe worse, maybe they were all brothers. That could be true
0: that it could be a, a horrible fate, worse than we possibly could imagine.
1: <laughs> and look, again, they didn't know, but at the end of the day, they did toss their friend or brother into the mouth of an alligator. And then had to watch helplessly (laughs) as he got devoured. Really brutal stuff. The pool of blood, literally. (laughs) And yet, again, I have to point out that it somehow does manage to be darkly comedic. So good on him. Good on him for being able to balance on that tightrope because, oh boy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, talking about this film... Really makes you realize just how much comedy there really is in the script, and uh I don't think it falls flat. I think it works. I think it's hilarious. I think Madison has plenty of like funny little quips here and there, like I said, he plays it dry, but then he says something to catch you off guard when that uh dude is like, Yeah, we found a toe, we identified him and uh, just from the toe, and we gave him a funeral and everything <laughs> then Madison's like. <laughs> Must have been a small casket.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's one of my favorite Some reason that gets me
0: every time. Such a stupid joke.
1: (laughs) You know, before the pool scene, we did get that cool shot of the alligator lounging in the pool when that cop helicopter was searching overhead. Also, I really like when the mom turns on the pool lights and the pool lights up and the kid sneaks that peek under his blindfold. And we see the alligator in the water looking up at him. That's a pretty badass shot.
0: Yeah, that's great.
1: And again, never mind the fact that the scale of this reptilian beast shifts to whatever is convenient at the moment. <laughs> because when he's lounging in the pool in that one shot, his tail is almost too big for the pool. But now he's under the water looking up at the kid right under the diving board. <laughs>
0: Is Ramon small or is the pool big? (laughs) That's the question. (laughs)
1: It's it's that weird reflective trick with water, you know? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Either way, at the end of the day, my 20 odd year search is finally over, Danny. So on to the next one. Well, I'm glad
0: you were able to find that scene. Makes me happy when people can find something they're searching for. To the listeners out there have a specific scene that you just can't find we'd love to hear about it so if you do email us and maybe we can help
1: you yep and until next time see you later alligator was that too much good night everybody no nope.
0: <laughs> <laughs> good night everybody